They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself. And today we have a very exciting guest, Jeff Wilkinson. Jeff Wilkinson is a longtime Austin entrepreneur currently serving as the chairman and CEO of Keystone Bank. With his personal and unique human-centric approach to banking, Jeff leads Keystone Bank to focus on integrity, honesty, and resilience. Jeff has over 28 years of experience in the financial and business industries with a focus on finance and business development. Previously, he founded Pioneer Bank in Austin, and under his leadership, he managed to grow the bank's assets to $1.2 billion and expanded to 22 locations across Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, they say. And during this time, Pioneer Bank was ranked as one of the largest local banks headquartered in Austin by the Austin Business Journal. In 2018, Jeff founded Keystone Bank with a successful capital raise of $20 million. He founded Keystone Bank with a maverick and entrepreneurial approach to local banking that ultimately allows for easily accessible financial resources to its community members. With its easy access to financial guidance, Jeff prides himself on being an active listener and problem solver to best tailor the bank services to every client. And I just love the the terms uh, maverick and entrepreneurial associated with banking. And I look forward to learning a lot more about that. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yes. So glad to have you here. So we already touched on some of what I think you may answer this question with, but our traditional first question is, Jeff, what makes you awesome? Well, I'll... I think that depends on the definition of of Austin and awesome and who you're talking to. Uh, I would say that I'm awesome because of just my energy and and passion and enthusiasm for for life and getting up every day and 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 grinding with my team and and building a great business and enjoying my family and my friends. And so I, I'd say I'd say that's if you were asking me what I'm awesome, I, just my 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 passion for business and life. I love it. I love the Freudian slip that, that you said Austin instead of awesome. Oh yeah, true. Which has a great passion for where, where you are. Love um, that. Too. Love that too. Yes. Yes. So, so you founded two banks, which is two more banks than most people have founded. Yes. Uh, and you know, usually think of banks as kind of, they, they were started sometime in the 15th century and <laughs> have just always been there and, and they just, you know, lumped together. Um, so how did you get started as a, as a bank founder, what's your superhero origin story? How did I get started? I, I went to college. Uh, I was one of the first people in my family to actually go to college. Grew up a middle-class family. My dad started out as a diesel mechanic. Uh, and I went to college and graduated with an accounting degree and uh, interviewed for him, was hired by an accounting firm. And then the gentleman that hired me had a lot of bank clients. And so he just started putting me on a lot of his jobs. And one day it would be a, you know, a bus manufacturer or the food processing company. And then it would be a community bank in the middle of Kansas or a community bank in the middle of, you know, rural Missouri. And so I got a steady diet of being put in these community banks to go audit them all over the Midwest. Uh, 
And that's just really where I got my start into the to the community banking space was just being an auditor and being sent around to uh, being sent around to to audit them. So that's how I got my start. Okay. Um, now, when you say community banks, is that is that as as a separate from from stock owned banks? Definitely, definitely. Uh, there's definitely for somebody like me that's in the business, and I understand it. There's to me, it's more clear. Community banking to me is more local driven, local ownership uh, mm-hmm. versus national, you know, international ownership. So okay, so so there's still for profit banks. They're yeah, just for profit. Locally. They're they're owned locally, typically um, local service, local boards, local decisioning. They're not overruled by somebody in another city, yeah, uh, no, that's, or another that's state. Really important. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've always personally I, had the philosophy that if I can't drive to the headquarters of the bank, I don't want to bank with them. And that's why we started our bank because you should be able to do that. You know, I like I laugh and call it the one tro- one throat to choke theory. So, <laughs> you know, somebody like yourself, you need to know who the decision makers are, and you need to know that they're in your market and they're in your community, and you need to know who who to go to when you need something done. Absolutely. Yeah. If I can't get them on my podcast, then I don't want to work with them. <laughs> but, um, so, so how did you get? Uh, so, you, so you said you, you worked with the banks, and that kind of gave you a familiarity with it, um, but. I know many people are familiar with banks without starting them. So how did that, how did you end up uh, founding a bank? So a next step before founding a bank, I followed a couple of individuals that I worked with at a big CPA firm who had left to go to work for a small boutique accounting and consulting firm in Kansas City, Missouri. And I followed them over there after a couple of years at the big firm. And all they worked for were banks. So they had banks all over the Midwest in eight states. And this firm, all the only client that they had was a community bank organization, and that and and they did everything for them: soup to nuts, regulatory compliance, mergers and acquisitions, audit, tax, accounting, and 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 a host of consulting services that really covered the gamut. But they only had banks as clients, so that's really where I was immersed into community banking. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would wake up every day and every client I had and everything that I did was for the community banks. And so I learned a lot. It was a very, very deep, wide organization and what it what it did for community banks, like I said, in an eight state region. And I spent some time with that firm in Kansas City. And then they moved me to Denver to help them launch a practice in Denver, which I did. And then I launched another practice for them in Iowa. And so that was a nice seven year run. And during that period of time is really when I gained a greater appreciation for what truly is a community bank, because I would watch these bank owners and bank leaders, you know, that, that were having to manage their banks and grow their banks and all of the things that they were going through. And, 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 and one of the things that we did in our consulting practice of the, of, of the small firm is we helped other people charter banks. So we helped them start banks as a consultant. So I actually worked on three of those engagements and learned a tremendous amount about the process. Uh, most people don't, like you said before, uh, you know, most people don't really get to experience that. So that's where I got my experience. I helped three people charter a bank. And I've always, you know, I've always been one of those guys, that, you know, wherever I've lived, I thought, you know, that'd be a perfect location or great community for a community bank. And so, again, you know, just born into it out of college, honestly. Uh, kind of fell into the community banking space and then really just really fell into a great spot for about seven years where I learned so much about community banks that uh, that, that really kind of inspired me to, to, to maybe one day want to do that. So, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And this, 
That's not one of the one of the big things you did there was was you seize the opportunity. You didn't just sure. say, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm going to go out of these banks because that's my job is go out of banks." You you looked at it and said, "Okay, what else can I learn here? What else? What can I get out of this beyond just a paycheck?" And and yeah, I kind of I kind of went for it. I, I was intrigued, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't satisfied necessarily with just staying in Kansas City or staying in Denver or staying in mm-hmm. Iowa. You know, I, I I guess I was always sort of pushing for that next opportunity and intrigued and curious about, well, how can I learn more about the banks instead of just auditing them? Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and so, so what, what then, what was the next step to being a a bank founder? Lots of steps in between. I worked for a big bank. I worked for a small community bank that was an old client where I was a CFO. I started a, a couple of companies inside of a big publicly traded bank in Kansas city. Um, one that we spun out after raising venture capital for that we we kind of capitalized on the the B2B e-commerce craze that in the early 2000s and so 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 I think long and the short of it is is the capstone for that career was when I got recruited in Texas in 2005 to be the CFO uh, being a CPA and an accountant coming from that side I came up through the really and all honestly the wrong side of the bank I didn't come up through the loan side of the bank I came up through the finance and accounting side of the mm. industry and I got recruited to be the CFO of a community bank holding company that was publicly traded um, based in central Texas and I took the leap with my family to move them to Texas and to become the CFO of this public company something I'd never done in fact I remember my wife said are you sure you can do that job <laughs> uh, where we were trying to decide if we were going to move across the country, but went went uh, went to work for that organization, and I, that was a capstone for me. That was that was an incredible ride. It was a very quick ride. Uh, we sold the company eleven months after I got to Texas to a much larger wow. publicly traded bank in Texas, and that gave me my first shot of liquidity uh, to be able to say, now I've got some capital, um, and so I I, I connected up. After that was sold, I didn't go forward with the co- the acquiring company. Didn't want to. Um, they didn't want me either. They they, they, <laughs> typically, they typically cut big salary people that are CFOs that are right, right. And so, and that company was based in Houston. I'm in Austin. I'm like I I am going to do something good here in Austin, and I'm going to stay here. And I introduced I got introduced to a couple of guys that had, had toyed with the idea of starting a bank. And I said, well, let's start a bank together. And I've got some capital now. And that's that's kind of how I stepped through it. It it, it took a quite a long time in my career to kind of get to the point where I had enough capital to even do it because banking is very capital intensive. I, I can uh, imagine it's, it's unlike many other startups. It's the regulatory agencies have minimum capital requirements that you have to have. It's, it's multi million dollars, and uh, so you end up raising money from a number of people. That's yep. how so the the, uh, the the company you're with. Um, uh, Quick aside, the you said it was, is a community bank holding company. Um, so is that like a company that owned the bottom community banks, but didn't merge them together into one big name, but kept their community identity? It's a it's a corporate ownership structure. Like I have one today, Keystone Bank Shares Inc., and it's a hundred percent owner of the bank. You, it's 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 pretty technical. There's no reason to go mm-hmm. into it too terribly okay. deep, but you know, it's it's a corporate structure that allows allows you to do certain things as you grow your organization. You can buy another bank and put it under the holding company without merging it into the bank. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a, it's a preferred way of owning a bank. Okay. Uh, um, that makes sense. And, and so the same shareholders 
you know, if we didn't have a holding company, we just they just own the bank. But in this case, the holding company owns the bank, and then the shareholders own the holding company. Okay, so that's, that's, that's pretty that's technical banking. thing for our industry. Yeah. We don't need to go into it. Um, <laughs> banking mumbo jumbo. So, yes. um, all right, but yes. So obviously, it's capital intent. Now, so so when I think of of a bank, I and and I, I imagine this this somewhat gets into the technical side of banking that it's it's not as simple as there's a giant pot of money and you loan out of it because I know a lot of like a lot of mortgages, for example, they get bundled and resold. So you're not actually holding the whole mortgage and whatnot. But right. so how much how much money did it take to actually launch a bank? In this case, we uh, we had permission from the regulatory agencies that uh, they would allow us to start our bank uh, with 20 million of capital. So that, that was like a really small number for a bank. <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's not insignificant, um, mm-hmm. but it is it is not a lot of money, in the whole grand scheme yep. of things, but it's enough to get going. Mm-hmm. It, it yep. does force you to, in your own way, even even when we say in the you know twenty million of capital, it does still force you to the bootstrap. Though you can't just go crazy and go wild right, right. money with thinking that you have because that twenty million is capital. That's earmarked for um, you know that's how much capital you have to to grow your bank. And the way you grow a bank and the way you leverage your capital is you start bringing deposits into the bank. Okay. All right. Oh, so you bring deposits in that gives you more capital, and then you can. You just, I, I think a lot of banking is is kind of um, using other people's money in terms of leveraging. It's hundred percent that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's not just taking your twenty million, loaning it out, getting interest, and bringing it back. It's it's your depositors and and. That's and my investors. Twenty million plus plus the deposits that come in, some of which are yep. borrowers mm-hmm. as well. So. And it's all done locally in the local community. So local deposits, yeah. local loans. It's not shifted into the, some other community. Uh, okay. You're not taking advantage of local depository relationships and then lending the money in California. Oh, okay. All right. Here. And and so what made you decide you you wanted to to found it? You know, what made you look at banking and say I could do that better? I can tell you what 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 I've always enjoyed is I had a firsthand look at a lot of what I would consider smaller community bank owners and operators that I had seen over the years that have done, a, you know, it's an industry that I like. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I always thought, wouldn't that be cool to be on that side of the chair instead of the side of the chair that I was on? That's what, okay. it, <clears throat> that's what intrigued me. I was curious. I was intrigued. What would it be like to be the person that's tasked with raising all of that money and bringing all those deposits and going and finding all those loans and building the team? Um, so I, um, I, I guess I was always intrigued by that. I love community banking. Community banking is an amazing space. We see so many successful entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, people in the community that need the support of the community bank in mm-hmm. all facets of the financial services. So I, I love the community bank model because you can walk in the door and see me. I'm, I mm. happen to be a very accessible CEO. Um, and I, I think that's the way it should be. The community bank yeah. you know, should be accessible to its team and its community, and so I love it. and And I get to, I get to sit all day long and listen and watch and meet so many, especially in Austin, Texas, as you can imagine. Yes, some incredibly talented people and successful people that are here that are building companies and they're building their second or third or fourth company, and we get mm-hmm. to see them and meet them and learn how they approach their business and learn from them and implement what we can in our business and vice versa. They get intrigued by the fact that 
hey, you're a startup too. I, I didn't know there was such a thing as a startup bank. Tell me more about <laughs> how did you do that? So it's fun, it's a fun back and forth. And I, I love the profession. I love what we do, especially the community bank space. Yeah. Very, we can make a decision now. We don't have to mm -hmm. wait for somebody else in another state to make a decision a month from now. We can make it now. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's matters. So, so you can you kind of use your instincts for yeah. That matters for yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, that that, that can be huge. Well, especially with someone who's who has who's kind of a unique idea or a new industry or a new business, something where where it's it could be something really exciting, but a typical banker's got to say that doesn't fit my algorithms. Correct. I do not fit the typical bank typical banker mold. Yeah, we have we have to follow the banker. I mean, one of the things you can't do is you can't give up on your credit underwriting standards. Mm -hmm. You can't just do something just because you want to. Yeah. And there are some traditional parts about banking that if you do those, if you if you don't do that right, you're going to end up in the penalty box with the banking regulatory agencies and you do not. Right, of course. Yeah. You don't want that. So Yeah. Yeah. That flexibility. Yeah. Um, so, and so, so how, how was your, your first startup bank different from, from most other banks, most other, you know, local banks? My first startup bank was no different than what I have now, other than it mm -hmm. was, uh, other than it was in a, a little bit more rural area. I'd say rural hill country area, uh, about thirty minutes southwest of Austin. So it was, it was more, um, it was, it, it was more localized to that, to that part of the city versus the broader Austin marketplace in general, which is what we have today with okay. Keystone Bank. Yeah. All right. And and so so as I mentioned, you have just two banks you founded, Pioneer and Keystone. Yeah. Um, so so what led you to found a second bank? I left the first one after we grew it, did a merger. Uh, I survived about six months of that bank management exercise with a whole bunch of new partners and a whole, and it just wasn't it just wasn't for me. Um, and I I I, th I half thought at the time, being fifty, it's time for a career change. Let's try something different. I uh, kept talking to a friend of mine who's my attorney, and I did something different. And I was really enjoying it, but not anywhere near what I enjoyed with the build of the first bank. Mm -hmm. But I kept telling my attorney, I don't want to do it just to do it. I don't want to do it because I can or, or because it's the logical thing to do or that I want to say that I, oh, I did it again. I, 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 didn't, want any, I didn't want any part of that. And I had a couple of mentors and they understood where I was coming from. So I, so I went and did a stint with an old client that was involved in the golf business, residential and commercial real estate and energy business. And I was there with him for about nine months, helping him kind of get his arms around all of his businesses. And after about nine months, it just became clear. And I talked to my attorney, he said, Jeff, I think you need to do another bank. Can you, <laughs> he said, can you, you're really good at it. It's something that you enjoy. And Austin needs another one. We don't have enough local community banks. Austin's begging and dying for another local community bank. And you should do it. And he said, can you imagine how much more successful you're going to be this one with 10 years of experience, you know, at doing the last one? And I thought, you know, he's probably right. I do love it. It's the, it's the part of life that I enjoy. Uh, it's, it's the business I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I started another one. And I felt like that Austin deserves to have a locally owned, aggressive community bank, period. Mm. Yep. Entrepreneurs deserve to experience a really great, accessible, quick, speedy, no-nonsense community bank where they aren't over where the decisions that the local team 
makes gets overruled by somebody else. They just, Austin doesn't deserve that. And uh, we have way too much going for us in this community and way too many entrepreneurs here and business owners and of all varieties. And they just deserve a local choice. And so that's mm-hmm. what got me excited. And I said, I'm going to go do it. And so I started in uh, the ideas of the planning stages in 2017. And and we ended up launching in October of 2018. We bought a small bank in a, in a rural area of of Texas, two brothers that owned a bank and they were ready to retire and sell the family bank. And we were fortunate enough to get introduced to them. And so we bought a bank and then moved the headquarters to Austin and renamed it Keystone Bank, which is, I think, a great name for a community bank. And uh, it's got a little personal history to me, uh, given that we used to, my wife and kids and I used to spend an inordinate amount of time in Keystone, Colorado. And <laughs> we used to own a place in Keystone. And But really, the you know, I look at it from the perspective of what's the strongest what's the strongest uh, component of an arch? It's the keystone. I mean, it's, it's at yep. the center. And I, I wanted something that, that, that really meant community. And I think keystone nails it. So I thought yeah. I had a name and I, once I had an idea, I, I, I didn't ever look back. And I, and I, there were days when you were wondering if you were going to get it across the goal line, but you wouldn't be an entrepreneur if you didn't have a few of those days. And mm-hmm. But I, I knew we would get it done and, and I was confident and uh, I just put my shoulder into it, and I surrounded myself with some really great people and some original founding organizing shareholders. And through them, they introduced me to others. And before you know it, we raised. We actually ended up raising thirty-one million. I needed twenty, and we got the twenty to get open. But then the, we kept raising money for another month and a half after we opened, and we ended up with actually raising thirty-one million in, in, in our first round of capital in October in, in late two thousand eighteen. Wow. We raised another $8 million of capital right in the middle of March of 2020. Talk about a weird time to be mm-hmm. passing the hat. For capital, we raised $8 million, And then we just came off of a our success, a very successful third round of, of financing. We had $21.2 million. We just closed it June 30th, and we started mid-May. So 45 days, we raised $21.2 million. So was, we have about 250 local, mostly local shareholders and we're off to the races, as we say. And yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. So, 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 what are some of the, yeah, some of the stories you might share about about times when, like, having a local bank like yours, whether it's Pioneer or Keystone, has really made a difference? Like, how you can point to the community is better because of that moment from this from this bank. Do you have any any stories along those lines? Well, I can just point to this particular bank and the time that mm-hmm. we started it, and then what what transpired was the pandemic, and then PPP for you know. I mean, we did mm. a, we did a thousand and sixty seven PPP loans for people in this community, and most almost every one of those people was banking with somebody else when we met them because we we're brand new. Mm-hmm. We just our doors were just inundated, and and we had the entire organization working from home, um, and they were working round the clock seven days a week, and you know that that was our job. They asked us, you know, the government asked us to to as banks to to get out there and distribute PPP loans, and we did our part, and I. I think that that was pivotal for the bank. I would think it was pivotal for the community. It, it was amazing the amount of people that, you know, turned to us when they couldn't get it from their bank. Their bank was mm-hmm. too big, too bureaucratic, moved too slow, uh, catered to the bigger, larger clients first. Yep, yep, you know, all yep. the stories you've heard. And we were just sitting there going, bring, you know, bring it on. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I think that that was pivotal uh, for, for, for this community to have a local upstart community bank that was just ready and able to just get after it. it was, yeah, I'm sure that, that was, was huge. huge. It was huge. 
So the, yeah, the, the area I'm in, in Connecticut, we are, we are blessedly awash in local banks. We have credit unions, local banks. So, so when I got the PPP for my business, it was a, a simple process. My, my local bank manager, who's in my BNI group, um, she mentioned PPP and told me I'd be, I'd qualify for it. I filled out like five forms or whatever, and money showed up. I'm like, that's it. Wow. That's great. And then, then I talked to everyone else. I'm like, Oh my God, it's been so hard. Nobody will get back to me. And, and I've got these four, I don't know what to do. No one answer my questions. And I really saw in, in vivid detail, the difference between being a, a local bank customer versus being a, um, you know, a big bank customer. And, and I, I was wondering like, what, why, why would you do that to yourself? Why, why'd you work with those big banks? That's why I, that's why I love what we do in the space that we're in. So I, that, that, I don't know if I answered your question to yeah. me, that is like the epitome of the reason that we started the bank. Uh, we couldn't have known when we started it, that it was going to hit us right square in the eyes, uh, you know, a month and a half after, you know, we opened the bank, but it happened. We, 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 we walked through that door together with the local community and showed the community what it means to have a local community bank where you can, people will return your phone call. Yeah. Now, so have you gotten a, a number of new customers out of that experience? It, almost all of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and sometimes, you know, for a business, it's, it's how you deal with the, the adverse situations, um, yeah. which, which make or break you versus yeah. the, the good times. Yeah. Um, and so, are, you know, across that, that whole stretch, are there any, any other stories you can think of, um, you know, where, where it's really made the difference? you know, that, that, uh, in the community, having that kind of resource every day, it, I've never, I'm, I'm amazed at our team. I don't, I, there's not a day that doesn't go by that. We don't get a call from somebody that says, I'm not getting a call back from my bank. I'm getting a little mm -hmm. bit nervous about their process. I can't give you specific examples without giving you names of people, but it happens every okay. day. Somebody, the aha moment where somebody mm -hmm. like, oh, this is what a community bank's like. I heard I was supposed to call Jeff from my friend who knows you or through whatever. And I was talking to him about my struggle and they said, well, just call Jeff. And they go, the CEO of the bank, just, you want me to, yeah, just call, he'll take your call uh -huh. so every day. We, I, and I, and I, and I, it starts, it starts at the top in our organization and goes through, we take every meeting, we return every phone call, we re return every text. Our customers have our cell phones. It's every single day. It's like, you need to be accessible if you're going to be a community bank. Yeah. And that's, that's, huge. that's the difference. You, yeah. there's no room for ego. It's yeah. all about the customer. Yeah. That, that's absolutely able huge. to get a hold of you. And it's every single day. It's making sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of us. Mm -hmm. that, that's fantastic. So yeah, I, I could go on and on and on, but there's not a day that doesn't go by mm -hmm. where we aren't, we aren't being able to be, uh, able to show the market what a community bank is. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, well, one thing I always try to teach people is is you want to work with people. I mean, I, you know, I, the title I use for myself is networking coach. Um, but you know, you can't network with with a, an institution. You can't network with a, a company. You can network with people, and you know, get yourself to places where you can engage with humans. Um, and you know, a bank like yours where you can talk to Jeff, the CEO, um, and it's not just call eight hundred India. Uh, and talk to some call center representative and hope for the best. You know, that's, that's how you get the results. That's how you can build the collaborations and the joint ventures and the, um, you know, by, by getting actual people, because people usually want to work with you. Yeah, I think that's right. And I know there was a time we have a great customer now, 
as a result of it. But I remember I was in my office one day and my desk phone rang and I get my cell phone out to everybody. So that's why it's surprising. Most of the time, it's just my cell phone people are calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I happened to get a, a call at my desk phone and I answered the phone. I said, this Jeff and this, this, this woman on the other end explained to me that she was kind of at the end of her rope with banks in the Austin area. And she had heard about my name and this new bank. And, and I, and she said, I just want to know if you would have any interest in learning about my story and what, what I need from a bank. And I said, well, I've got time now to you. And she was just floored that she called, got a hold of the CEO. And I said, well, not only we don't have to wait, let's just do it right now on the phone and get the process started. And she's one of our biggest fans today. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, community bank should be there for its communities. Yeah, uh, that, that's incredible. And, and yeah, for, for everyone, everyone out there listening, um, of course, they're in the Austin area, which I, I imagine maybe people want to, you know, want to hear your story, listen to this. Um, you know, if you're working with a big bank, like there's, there are companies out there who are accessible in, in all kinds of services, um, whether it's banking or whatever. Cause you know, we, we all heard, you know, people who were watching the news back in the, the 2008, 2009 era heard about, you know, large banks foreclosing on houses they didn't have mortgages on and people who couldn't get there, you know, couldn't get help because no one could answer the phone and, and just all these, these nightmare stories. Whereas the people who are working with the local banks like yours, never able to work something out. Never missed a beat. Yeah. Yeah. They're able to do something. I, I, I interviewed a, a COO of a local um, a credit union and, and, and he had the same philosophy. He's like, we don't want to, we don't want their house. We want, we want to make it work. <laughs> we want to keep them in their house. We don't want to foreclose a mortgage. We don't want to displace a family. That's, that's not a business plan. Um, that, doesn't do any work. that doesn't, that doesn't do anybody any favors whatsoever. Right. Yeah. I, our philosophy is, is you pick up the phone and call us and let us know what you're experiencing and what you're going through. And we're going to, we're going to work our tail off to help yep. you figure out how to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, and it's, it's the epitome of community banking. It, yeah, I mean, my, it, from my perspective, it happens all over the country and the big winners and the, the, the great recession of 08 and the big winners. Uh, from my perspective, you know, when you sit on this side of the, 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 the desk, the big winner in, in, in the pandemic is community banks. Yeah. Community well, and, bank, and my, my community bank friends across the country are growing like crazy. Yeah. That's great. And well, uh, it's because people get scared and nervous and they start caring about their money and, and they, they, they they wake up when they go, well, if I wanted to call the president of JP Morgan, who would that be? And how would I get their number? And that makes them like realize pretty quickly, I better have another option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I also, what's really gratifying about your story is, you know, that you opened two banks in this century because, uh, you know, so many banks are, they, 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 they were founded in 1863 or 1834. And you kind of get the sense of there were only so many banks that God has given America and they're all merging together and we have less and less of them every day. And so the fact that there are new ones chartering means that it's not just a story of the small guys are being eaten by the big guys. And if you don't have a small guy, well, tough luck looks like you're well, we didn't have, center. you know, the last big boom of community bank charter startups was 06, 07, which I started mine in 07. There were, I, I, it's hard for me to remember the numbers, but there was on the order of magnitude of between the two years of 06 and 07, there were 600 and roughly 600 plus community banks that were launched between those two year periods. And then 08 hit and we went almost a decade before another bank was chartered. We're starting to see more charter activity over the last couple of years, which is nice to see again. Yeah, really, so, so, it comes down to a lot of these bankers. They get 
they're part of mergers, the customers are part of mergers. They get pretty disenfranchised of the largesse of the larger organizations and the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. And they finally just say, it's time for me to take the bull by the horns, do what I love best and go start a local community bank. And so we're starting to see that again. I, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm I'm real excited to learn about that. Um, And because, you know, you you think about all these mergers, but knowing that every merger spins off a whole bunch, you know, like you as the CFO who got laid off because they merged and now you're free to launch one. That's right. And launch a small one. Yeah. um, Which is, yes. So so it's not something about it. I I think the image a lot of Americans have is that is, you know, well, you you can't compete with the big guys. So, so, you know, they, they own, they own all the, all the space, they own all the oxygen. There's no way to grow something, but there's obviously a space for it. And people want to work with local banks. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't, I don't, uh, I think that we do have a lot of people in this industry and in the country that think you can't compete with the, the, the big guys and I, they're, they're our best salesmen. <laughs> so we, we, we actually can compete with them. We have incredible technology at this little bank, Keystone Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Our digital technology is really well, it's really well done. We, we, that was one of the things we said, if we're going to be a local community bank in Austin, Texas, we better have good technology. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and we did, we partnered with a company called Jack Henry and they're one of the top providers of technology to community banks in the world. And, uh, they, they have an incredible digital suite of products and, and we actually, our customers can communicate with us from their mobile phone, from the app mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. they can move money around from the app. They don't have to come into the bank. So yeah. we, we can do everything virtually, uh, for our customer. And then we're also there for them when they need to come in. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that helps. I mean, the technology is the point now where you're not you're not building you know new technology. You're using existing platforms. That's right. Um, and I'm sure people love you know driving through town and seeing your branches as opposed yeah. to some of the larger banks that are closing branches and receding. That's right. And yeah. and you know you want to see more than just something on your phone when when they own the when they have a lien on your house and a lien on your car and all your money. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need as many bank branches as we used to. Um, because the, 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 marketplace has adopted digital technologies for banking, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, it's, it's moved, it's, it's moved in that direction and continues to move in that direction. Uh, but like you said, they do like to see some, they do like to see some physical presence mm-hmm. and they do like to know if they need it, that they can come have a face-to-face meeting with someone to explain the unique situation that they're looking at. And here's a deal that I'm looking at. What do you think? Is this something you could get behind for me? I'd like to do it. How would we do it together? You know that sometimes people like to do that face to face, and we we still have that available. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a huge, yeah. you know, huge huge benefit. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, being able to talk. So, and yeah, and I I love that the kind of the, the consultative because a lot of business owners maybe don't have a coach or don't have someone to go to, and and so the banker is is by default a partner um, right. if the bank's money is going to be tied up in it, and so being okay. able to be there. And, and again, you probably can't go to all those big banks and ask the manager for. You know, hey, what do you think about this? The the amount of ground that a community bank banker lender, commercial lender, the amount of ground that they cover on a daily, weekly, monthly basis in a community bank in terms of their the the kind of clients that they serve mm-hmm. is amazing. You know, the larger the bank, more likely you're going to specialize, and maybe you see one thing, and that's what you see all day long. Maybe you see mm-hmm. maybe you see apartment buildings, and that's all you see all day long. Well, we we have to do we have to know how to do apartments, and we have to do, know how to do commercial real estate retail centers and office buildings, and uh, so so it's 
we, we do become a really great resource for business owners and entrepreneurs because we see so much. You know, we're not afraid of something new or unique. Mm -hmm. We've been there and done that. We know that we know the right kind of questions to ask. That's why I love the space. Yeah, this sounds fascinating. And actually, yeah, there's something I'd love to ask you about. I saw recently you talking about how the the job of a bank manager has changed over the last hundred years. Because um, in the olden days, when there weren't FICO scores and and credit scores and whatnot, the the bank manager doing a loan really had to know the industry and understand business and understand everything. And now, at least the big banks, is more a matter of plugging a bunch of numbers into a computer to run a background check and run some algorithms. And they're they're almost reduced to data entry people, which is why you don't have bank managers coming up from the inside of a bank and a lot are coming from from outside. Um, and that that's obviously true with the the large banks, but in, in the small banks, are the how how individually involved are the managers in the decisions of, you know, who gets approved and, and how the money gets deployed. We have, uh, we have a lot of people that are involved in the loan approval process. We like it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, we do it very quickly though. It, it's very quick. It's very efficient. So we have, you know, and what we call an executive loan committee, which is really management and the lenders come together and the credit analysts and if somebody's got a new loan request and, and they're, they're, they're presenting it to the group and we're all weighing in and saying, we like it, you know, change this. What about that? Have you thought about that? So we do that every, every, every week. Um, and, uh, we don't, a lot of banks will do where they have like individual loan authorities and, you know, you're, you're the loan officer. If you want, you know, if you want to do a million dollar loan and that's your loan authority, then you can do a million dollar loan and you have to include anybody in, and you can just do it and sign off on it and get it closed. Uh, so, so we have we we like the committee structure a little better. That way, we all learn. We all learn about mm -hmm. how each one of us might structure a deal, and we have our credit people there, and we have our sales bankers there, and credit analysts, and we all just we 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 come at it from the perspective of trying to find a way to say yes mm -hmm. instead of the larger organizations, which they're more prone to trying to find a way to say no. Mm -hmm. risk management. So, so then we also, what, if it gets large enough, then it has to go to our board and that board meets every week. So our board of directors actually meets every single week. Cause we're, we're pretty active lenders. Cause we're in a, we're in a market that is just moving really fast. Oh yeah. There's a, a huge appetite for bank debt. There's a lot of projects that need bank debt. And so, so we're very active lenders. And so we're, we're, our board meets every week for, for our deals to approve our deals once we approve them in executive loan committee. And so somebody can have a new customer um, and spend the time with a customer, get it ready to go. They can run it through the committee structure that we have. And uh, you can present it on a Thursday to our executive loan committee. And the following, the following Wednesday, it's at the board loan committee. And you could have it loan approved within seven days. Wow. On a large one. And then we have the authority to do smaller ones, you know, ourselves without having to go through the committee structure, which we, we do that from time to time. We prefer like to be just in a room talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, I love, I love that concept. You know, it's, it's not an algorithm. I can tell you that we're very sponsor driven. We never know what our, what our entrepreneurs are going to bring us. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to be prepared um, and you got to pick the right ones. The people that are going to believe in you too and believe back that they're really with a premium option in the banking space. Yeah. And not a, and not a commodity. And, and those are the, those are the people that love and take advantage of the community bank model. And yeah. That sounds, that sounds we're all, we always love when somebody hasn't had an opportunity yet in their career to experience community bank. We always love 
getting them in and, and then, and then waiting about a month and asking them how's it, how it's going. And, and, and the stories <laughs> we hear are awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. And yeah, I, I just love, I, I'm still ecstatic to hear that there are, there are new banks growing and this kind of energy is, is in the banking world. Like, you know, banks drive the new, the other new businesses and the other communities is so much good that comes of, that's right. of what you're doing. Um, it, what is uh, so we're coming to the end of our time? But what is one thing that you you wish everyone knew about banks and community banks that that many people don't? Community banks are awesome. I I don't I I I, I am emphatic about it. There is no comparison to any other player in the financial services industry. There is the amount of history that we have in the community banking space, the talent of the people that work in the community banking space is amazing. The skill set, the follow through, the customer focused mentality DNA of what community banks are is truly amazing for our country and for the communities that we serve, for those that are fortunate enough to experience it. And if you haven't already experienced one, you need to find out a way to experience one. You need to start asking yourself, who are the local bank presidents and CEOs? I'd like mm -hmm. to meet them. Don't be afraid to do that because you never know how you might be able to help each other by bridging that gap and bringing your two worlds together. Absolutely. I can tell you that community that. banks, I, I tell you, community banks play the long game. Mm -hmm. We don't care if we get a loan or deposit today. Uh, if I can help you out and not get a loan or deposit at my bank, I'm just as happy sending you to somebody that can help you, whether it be an attorney, CPA, a business partner, somebody that needs equity. And I know somebody that has equity that likes what you're doing. You know, that gets us all excited in our industry. We don't sit back and go, well, I'm not going to spend any time with you if you're not going to give me a deposit or a loan. <laughs> I think that I think people need to understand that. That yeah. does not exist in any other fact in any other sector of the financial services world. It's always about what can you do for me today, right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and and I think community bankers and community banks all over this country uh, are are they play the long game. That's and they, they just bleed customer. They bleed community, um, and, and and they believe in in what they are they're doing. So I, I think you should meet your local community bank. That's what I would, that's what I would recommend you do. I love it. That is, that is some fantastic advice to go with. And, and hopefully wherever, you know, wherever our listeners are, they do have local community banks. I've actually, uh, if you go back on our podcast feed, um, at guy knows guy.com slash podcast, I've got some of our, uh, bank leaders here in Connecticut. And of course, Jeff's there. If you're in the Austin community, you can reach out to him and, and connect with him. Jeff has been awesome talking to you. I love hearing your story. And this has been so much fun. You know, who, who would have thought an interview about banking would be fun. And yet you make it fun. So <laughs> great job. So thank, thank you so much for being on the show. A lot and uh, have a great afternoon. All right. Thank you. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast.
JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect.com. That's JV-Connect.com. December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.